Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Hello, and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time, nine-year survivor of breast cancer, and I'm the official new host of Breast Cancer, excuse me, <laughs> Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> really want to thank Becky Olson for laying the opportunity of her baby, which the show has been for five years, into my lap. And I honor it and I will move forward with grace and enthusiasm. And I'm just so thankful. Uh, I am also the patient programs assistant here at Breast Friends. And when I have time, I write a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Not very much time, but we'll get to that more later. (laughs) And I'm so happy that my mentor is here with me today, uh, Yvonne Nydigger. And I'm going to let her tell a little bit about herself before we get started. Thank you, Michelle. And and I want to second the fact that I know that Becky is out there with her pom-poms raised, cheering you on because uh, there couldn't be a better person to um, take the baton out of her incredibly wonderful hands and move forward with this beautiful program. So thank thank you you. for, you know, taking on this challenge with a gusto. And I know you're going to do an amazing job. Um, As Michelle mentioned, um, she has been a part of my world now ever since I started as the director of programs with Breast Trends almost four years ago. Uh, I too am a breast cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 2010 with stage three breast cancer. And I, I always like to tell my patients that my journey with cancer involved every possible thing that they could throw at me. <laughs> All <laughs> of the things. Oh yeah, the whole, the whole shebang came my way. And in a way, um, as so many of us do as we move forward, uh, the opportunity to share with women who are now going through similar situations and to have that knowledge has been uh, a blessing for me as I've taken on this role with Breast Friends. Um, this uh, opportunity to step into the shoes of Sharon Hannafin, you know, talk about stepping into shoes. Exactly. Big shoes. Oh, man. So well. You know, Becky and Sharon started Breast Friends, oh gosh, now 21 years ago and the two of them built this from the idea that um, women um, who have been through the diagnosis of cancer have a way of understanding uh, exactly what other women need. So, you know, it's been my honor and privilege to be a part of the Breast Friends program for almost 10 years as a volunteer, a member of the board of directors, and then, as I say, moving into the role as patient coordinator and or Best friends, director of programs. So, gotta yes. throw in that directorship. <laughs> I know. And, I feel omni powerful. <laughs> and it's actually really funny. All of our current staff members at Breast Friends started as volunteers. Yeah. So, yeah. everyone who had the heart to serve and to give back, they continued on with their journeys and they realized what an important mission we have. And now we're all one big, happy post cancer family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So perfect. Well, thank you again, Yvonne, for being here today. And we are going to have another guest later on in the show, uh, Leslie Ruminski, and we'll talk to her in a little bit. But we're going to start with talking about what it's like to go through cancer treatment during COVID. I mean, really? Both are ridiculously huge on their own. But 
together, I kudos to everyone who's gone through it. And woohoo, you've made it through 100% of your worst days. Yay. I have to give credit to that quote to Robin, who's my favorite Peloton coach. And um, as you get to know me, I'm sure I will throw in Peloton every week. And they're <laughs> not sponsoring me, but I love it if they would. Uh, I'm, I'm in the cult. I used to be someone who hated working out and I'm on there as much as I can. So, but anyway, 100% of your worst days are behind you and we're going to move forward. But let's talk about what COVID has done. It has been such a year of uncertainty and isolation and fear, even on the best of days. For most of us, the lockdown started a bit over a year ago, but unfortunately, a cancer diagnosis is not halted by a global pandemic. Cancer, cancer pretty much says, um, no, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you. So today, we're going to look at how that really, what it really feels like and provide some tips and tools for going forward and discuss how we communicate with each other. So let's let's really dig into it. Yvonne, so can you, as director of programs, you've seen years of cancer patients, but never a global pandemic. Can you tell us some of the similarities between a diagnosis of cancer and what we've been going through the past year with COVID? Sure. Yeah. I, I'm actually going to play a little game. So okay. we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna imagine that suddenly out of nowhere, you hear devastating news. You hear the unexpected has happened to your life, that unimaginable situations are coming your way. There's a period of confusion and chaos. You don't seem to know what's happening and why and why me and why is this happening around me? Mm -hmm. And then there's the fear of what could this mean? Could this be life or death? Is this a situation that, that I am going to have to prepare all kinds of, of things for? Um, and there's constant change. Everything's always adjusting. Everything, there's new information every second. Sometimes there's varying stories. Now tell me, after this last year, was that cancer or, or was, was that COVID? COVID? I mean, seriously, when you stop and think, and being cancer patients, you and yourself and I, we know that the answer to that is obviously both. Mm -hmm. But I think what happened over the last year is um, the entire population experienced exactly what a woman hears or any person hears when they hear the words, you have cancer. It was a parallel universe on a global level that brought everyone to the same playing field that cancer patients have been managing for years and years. Mm -hmm. So I will say that um, as much as, you know, this last year has been horrific on many levels, I do think that moving forward, um, this sense of understanding that happened in our world to what it feels like to face something like COVID and or something like cancer is going to bridge some gaps in understanding, or at least that's my hope. Right. Because the rest of the population is like, is experiencing all the things that we've gone through. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's really an eye-opening situation and hopefully it makes the rest of the people, those non-cancer people, those lucky people, very empathetic to what mm -hmm. we've gone through. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, hearing that you've been in isolation um, 
is just a small piece of what a cancer person patient experiences when when they are going through their treatment regimen, especially. And um, you know, for for the everyday Joe to suddenly not be able to go to the grocery store, not be able to see their friends because they're afraid mm-hmm. of getting an infection, um, to cut themselves off from that in such a, a dramatic way is, again, a real parallel to what these people go through when they're going through a diagnosis of cancer. So again, my hope, my prayer is that this has uh, created conversations that are going to be different, uh, opportunities for people to have better understanding about what it feels like. And if nothing else, I think cancer patients are going to be able to say in the future, do you remember what it felt like when you went through COVID? That's what this feels like. And it mm-hmm. may just give them that opening to, to having a friend, a family member go, Oh crap. Yeah, I remember how horrible that was. So, so yeah. So I think that is another big piece to the puzzle. Definitely. And like like you hit on all these things. So in the beginning, both of them, you're in a sudden expected crazy situation, confusion, chaos, fear. Fear is huge mm-hmm. for all of us. And someone who's experienced COVID and cancer, uh, it has to be just devastating. Oh yeah. Hopefully we're coming out on the other side of this COVID situation and life will get back to quasi normal. (laughs) Fingers crossed on that vaccines. Um, But let's, let's continue our conversation a little bit. When people are in the thick of it, like they're really in the middle of a cancer diagnosis and a COVID situation. What, what happens? What are they going through? I'm going to share something that one of my patients told me, as a matter of fact, a couple days ago, and and we were talking about having been diagnosed at the beginning of COVID and gone through this the way she did. And I said, gosh, you know, it's been so rough on you. And she goes, you know, it's kind of funny. She said, I kind of feel a little differently about that. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And she says, you know, for me, what I saw was the fact that I was in isolation, but everybody else was too. So I wasn't missing out on all the things that were happening you know she said I didn't get to have a vacation but nobody else did either and you know (laughs) and I I thought what What a great great way to look at it I know and and she said you know just just the idea that um you know the whole world was um was was in their own space it also made it easier for her because again she said you know I couldn't go to the grocery store or do any of those things, but my friends couldn't do it either. So, exactly. you know, we were, we were all sort of on the same page. And then she had a really great point, and I liked this because this is something that cancer patients deal with quite a bit. And that's the fact that when you do go out in public when you've been diagnosed, especially when you're in the middle of treatment and either you've lost your hair or you have that, you know, I'm going through a whole heck of a lot of crap here look to you um, – there are those looks that you get from people. Mm-hmm. There are those, oh, oh look at I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sad. And mm-hmm. or even your friends when you get together with them in person and you know, coworkers when you're going into the office and you know, everybody's doing the oh, poor Yvonne, mm-hmm. you know, she's going through something. She, she said, I didn't have to deal with that. Exactly. And I thought, 
Wow. Again, so this is a really good example because, you know, when, when I, I usually talk to people, I say, oh my gosh, these, you know, these poor women have gone through this in, in such a difficult time. This is a really good example of a glass half empty and a glass mm-hmm. half full. She chose to look at what COVID had done mm-hmm. as a little bit of full on her side. So, like so that, that was very, I, I did, I did too. I, I, it was a change in my own process. And I hope for listeners that are out there who are still going through this right now, that gives you a few little things that you go, oh yeah, that's right. I don't have to worry about putting on my wig when it's hot. I just in my house, it's all good. <laughs> and if you have to leave, you can put on a hat and makeup or excuse me, a hat and a mask. No makeup yeah. for the past year. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because that kind of leads me to my next question because uh, COVID and cancer are both incredibly depressing, but something as cancer patients we talk about quite often is finding a silver lining. Oh and yeah. Those of you who've listened to the show the past few weeks, Yvonne is my silver lining. She, she really helped me get through my, my second diagnosis and get to where I'm at today. And I would not be the person that I am without her. So I'm so thankful, but let's talk about some other silver linings that may have come from this situation. Well, whether there's COVID involved or not, the single biggest single lining that um, cancer teaches all of us is patience. Yes. Um, it is it is the the common thread that whether I'm speaking to a woman when she was first diagnosed in the middle of treatment or at that stage where she is peeking over the fence of her life after breast cancer, I tell them that patience is the thing that you have to honor. It's not possible to go through this without having that. Um, it teaches us to have acceptance of things that we can't change joy and simple pleasures you know like our family nature and how many times did you walk your dog because of covid this last year oh my and, gosh so I much mean, seriously and, and we're we're that family that actually we got a pandemic puppy so we now have two dogs and we did not need two dogs but we really wanted another one might be a little crazy but it's been amazing and they hope that I work from home forever because I'm here, I'm accessible, and working from home is fabulous, and that is definitely one of my silver linings. However, it is only a matter of time before my 10-year-old son walks in when I'm doing this recording, and so everyone will get to meet him at some point, I am sure. <laughs> but, uh, and I think one thing that's also super important is we don't We've learned, or myself especially, we don't sweat the small stuff anymore. Yeah, isn't that the, true? You know, worry about the big stuff, not the little things that we can't control. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now, as director of programs, you've seen a lot of changes, as we've talked about. But how have your talks and counseling with women changed over the past year? Because you're trying to counsel women who've been diagnosed virtually, over right, Zoom, right. and you're a hugger. Anybody who doesn't know oh. Yvonne knows that her hugs are the most fabulous thing in the world. And we can't do that right now. So how have you adapted to that? 
Yeah, it's been hard. And I and I am. I'm a I'm a very I'm a very physical woman and everyone that knows me knows that I've got a grip like a bear. So yeah, exactly. it's been it's been hard not to be able to have that connection. But I think what we've learned and the thing that we have to take away from Zoom is the fact that connections can happen uh, in the spaces we least expect them. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started Zoom, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna not have that ability to make those connections with these women on such a deep level. But I can honestly tell you that Zoom has allowed us to continue that concept because as women come together, whether it's in person, on Zoom, over the phone, whatever the support system provides, it's the connections that matter and connections can be made in so many ways. Zoom has opened a door for us, mm-hmm. but honestly, uh, I, I will encourage and I know Breast Friends will continue to utilize as a great service. Yes, of course, it's always wonderful to have that feeling of someone putting their hand on your shoulder shoulder on your knee or having a good cry on someone, (laughs) but it's really been an eye-opener to the fact that we can make connections even over this machinery that we all dread. Uh, I have, uh, and I know we're getting close to break, but I'll share one story. I had two young women who had never met. They were part of my Zoom support program that started back in March. They each started their treatment almost exactly the same time. They became friends from the squares next to each other on Zoom. The Brady Bunch squares. Yeah, the Brady Bunch squares. And they corresponded back and forth, but they never met. And the entire year of process while they were going through treatment, they were together on Zoom. They were together on My Life ABC program. And just the other day, we were doing the pickup for our upcoming conference, our swag Mm -hmm. bags. And I was talking to one of them and I'll be darned if the other one didn't come around the corner. And you have oh, never... I just got chills. I know. And I, I'm crying. I'm screaming. And, I, and we're looking at each other in that way that I know as COVID lifts and these women who have connected virtually get a chance to meet in person, that connection is going to be there regardless. And it was, exactly. it was, a, it was a heart moment. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We do need to take a break. Uh, remember, those of you out there, you can make a donation on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in our minute in a minute with our guest, Leslie Rominski. Thanks so much. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. We've been talking about dealing with cancer during the time of COVID, and I would like to welcome another guest to our show today, Leslie Ruminski. Leslie came to Breast Friends for support in December of 2019 after she had started tamoxifen and had surgery. Then the entire world changed. And I'm going to have Leslie tell you a little bit about herself before we dig into it. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. My name is Leslie Ruminski, and I was 44 when I was diagnosed. Um, And we will talk a little bit about my cancer journey in just a moment, but I Mm -hmm. am a senior organizational development and change consultant for Legacy Health. I've actually worked in healthcare my entire career. So I was a really good rule follower when it came to all of my preventative medicine and all of my Mm -hmm. preventative exams. And so to have worked in healthcare my entire career and land myself in 100% the patient role was quite the experience back in late 2019. Oh, I'm sure. And you, you know, you knew you were doing all the right things and cancer still said, I don't care. So uh, unfortunately, um, you know, you were brought into the cancer world, but tell us a little bit about what you went through before we start talking more about the COVID situation. Sure, absolutely. I was diagnosed in October of 2019, got my mammogram during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as I always had. Good girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, got the call that no one ever wanted. At that point, got uh, got quickly ushered to go ahead and have my lumpectomy and lymph node removal. And from what they could understand and what they could tell, I was just going to move straight on to radiation and go on to tamoxifen. So they started me on tamoxifen early. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, my tumor score came back with an intermediate risk for reoccurrence and my treatment plan changed and required me to go ahead and shift my mindset and my calendar and my schedule to go ahead and accommodate having chemotherapy. So Mm -hmm. I started chemotherapy in January of 2020 and then the pandemic hit. Yes. I, you're, you're already in crazy diagnosis and, and treatment and, the rush of information and your head is spinning and then COVID hits. And how, how did you, how did you adapt to that? Did you have to go to treatments alone and do all of that? Yeah, I really appreciate that question. Uh, I think us as uh, cancer patients in the middle of cancer treatment, really we're paying attention to the news in the early in the early t- stages of the pandemic when the CDC mm-hmm. was identifying patients who were considered high risk. And uh, I really began to receive a lot of phone calls and a lot of texts and a lot of concerns from friends and family during that period of time because they were recognizing, oh, I think Leslie fits into that bucket of a high risk patient, a patient mm-hmm. 
who is currently going through immunosuppression treatment. And so I was quite aware early on in the pandemic that this was probably not a good thing. Cancer and COVID didn't necessarily mix. They do not. So I was in the middle of my cancer, I was in the middle of my chemotherapy when the lockdown really occurred. And what I recognized at that point, because I I did experience cancer care prior to COVID with Mm -hmm. family leaders being able to be present, multiple of them, and being able to meet my treatment team and be part of my treatment team, that I really recognized that I had to shift. I had to be creative and I had to increase my connections with people and focus instead of focusing on the lonely. Um, so for instance, with my last chemotherapy, I needed to symbolize that in some way. Well, mm-hmm. I decided since there was going to be no party and no fanfare for me, I was going to make my own. I brought that's my own- fabulous. I brought my own noisemakers with me to my last mm-hmm. treatment. Um, I had my my physicians and my nurses wear party hats that I brought for them. <laughs> and I went ahead and made my own celebration, me, myself, and I with my treatment team. I love that. You made the best of the situation because, as you said, you had experienced the appointments and the chemo with friends and family and then without. So you definitely had the right attitude. And That's something that's really inspiring because I know it's really a hard thing to do. How about follow-up appointments or things like that? Follow-up appointments at the beginning of the pandemic were via Zoom, and that was very odd to receive my last dose of chemotherapy and my physician to say, I'll see you you on the laptop in a few weeks. Um, So Mm -hmm. when those appointments remained via Zoom, I, I certainly was able to, at that point, have my significant other, Ryan, join me. And then during the summer when the restrictions did actually lift, I was able to go in person myself, but with no support people. So what I decided to do was I brought my laptop and I FaceTimed and had my significant other on FaceTime with me. And he was on the exam table and I was in the chair in the room. But I really recommend that for fam- for patients who can't have family members to join them, to bring their loved one with them on FaceTime so they can be part of those appointments. That's a great idea. Never even crossed my mind. I've so I'm four years out of treatment, so I just really have general checkups at this time. But, you know, going forward, if I have questions and stuff, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sink my husband in and have him ask questions because I get home and he's like, hey, what about this? I was like, oh, I forgot. So great idea for all of us. My radiation experience from start to finish was hell, was all within the period of COVID. Um, so what I needed to do, because those are a lot of appointments, those are daily appointments, as Mm -hmm. many many women know, is you really need to create an engagement tool with us. I learned from breast friends to create my countdown and to create a little big old X mark on each on each square of radiation day. But I decided to go ahead and try to create a sense of engagement and fun and, and relationship with those that I was seeing on my texts every day. I wore a different scarf every day. Those, those texts knew that they would expect a different head covering from me every day. And it became a little bit of a, a relationship that I held with them. Mm-hmm. I created a playlist of inspirational songs and had those played during when I was getting radiated and they all texts were wondering what my next song was going to be. So I always recommend to women as well, find those little things because you can't necessarily have other people with you, but you can create and deepen a relationship with your treatment team by yourself. I love that. Let's talk about how your relationships might have changed during COVID with your friends and family. 
Yeah. Well, I think we all jumped on the Zoom bandwagon in the very beginning and thought that was a lot of fun. Lots of Zoom happy hours, lots of lunchtime calls. There was a a period of time early in the pandemic that lots of drive-bys happened. Oh, I I even had a friend who works for the fire department drive by with his lights, his sirens. He threw candy on my front lawn. You know, that novelty wore off. I think it wore off for a lot of us. And then that became more of the lonely part and the emotional part because I was really out of sight, out of mind. And Everyone was dealing with their own sense of COVID anxiety. And I think people forgot, hey, that's right. I thought about Leslie about a month ago when things were really initially started. But there was that sense of being forgotten that I'm going through cancer care in my house, in my four walls by myself. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, it was hard to hear people st- uh, with their their stories of, not, oh, I can't get a haircut or I can't go do this. I can't. Exactly. I, I will tell you, uh, it was hard for me to hear that. And because I thought to myself, oh, yeah, we'll try going through that during going through cancer care and COVID at the same time. Um, I really just had to recognize that people were dealing with their own level of trauma. And this was everyone's first experience with a global pandemic of COVID. Um, so they really didn't necessarily have the capacity to extend that empathy per se. I was intentional on social media during my treatment. Um, that's how I didn't I didn't overpost, I didn't overshare, but I did so at certain milestones just to remind people of all of my COVID experience because I can't I can't untangle in my mind and in my memory COVID and cancer. Oh, to they're me- going to be linked forever for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it also at this time, I, Yvonne was talking about patience, and this ter- this period turned out to be a, a period of time of patience for me as well as I began to understand people better. I began to accept who they were better and their level of involvement or support that they were capable of giving me. I was able to have that moment to say, that's just not their strength or that's just not mm-hmm. what they're able to do. And then I really just appreciated those connections that rose and surfaced out of nowhere or from years past and how those relationships really strengthened and how they displayed their love and support in their own way and how I just sat in a place to be able to receive it better um, than I than I initially thought. That's fabulous. And I'm sure myself and Yvonne included can all relate to the changes in relationships because of a cancer diagnosis. There are those people that show up like you never expected. And then some really good friends that kind of disappear because they don't know what to say. So I love what you had mentioned earlier about being really intentional about what you put out on social media, because you're, you're really the, the maker of what you want to put out there and what you want to get back because not everyone, not everyone can handle cancer, but those who can, they're going to see those pictures and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to support. And that, that is necessary no matter when we are in a pandemic or not. And also um, I'm not trying to jump around a little bit, but I recall, didn't you also get laid off mid COVID during your cancer journey? I did. And 
part of my identity really is um, I am a single professional woman and I don't have any children. And a lot of my identity and myself was associated with my professional accomplishments and Mm -hmm. my professional career. And I feel very, very grateful for the years that I have had. But like millions of Americans, I too was laid off at the beginning of the pandemic and I was in the middle of cancer treatment. So um, really when that um, third experience happened, I figured that this was uh, my year of stacked challenges to begin to make sense of, <laughs> to begin to make sense of my reality and recognizing um, that they all, my challenges decided to all come at once for me to handle and to manage and to move through. And so COVID also really had, um, is associated a lot with that. I had the ability to have a lot of empathy with people who also lost their jobs mm-hmm. and were suddenly out of work for the first time in their career as well. Yeah, that's fabulous that you're you're able to take those immense challenges, I mean, three really crazy challenges, and turn them into something that's really positive for you and move forward. And obviously, as you said, you you work for Legacy now, so things have, have changed in your life, and you're back to being that single professional career woman, and you're done with cancer treatment. And soon we're going to be done with COVID. So you, as mm-hmm. I said earlier, we've been through 100% of our worst days. Um, let's talk about how you found Breast Friends pretty early in your journey. And I remember meeting you at the first time at one of our Young Warrior, uh, the Christmas party. And it was so fabulous. And you came in, you had this wonderful Christmas sweater on, you had the most beautiful hair and your smile. You, your smile lights up a room. And even though you had just been diagnosed and had gone through so much, you were still there and happy and that was so fabulous. And you became a really big part of the Breast Friends community. And can you tell us how I'm hoping that helped you get through? Absolutely. It was great to be able to make connections and see people face to face before COVID hit, but really want to emphasize what Yvonne said, the ability for Breast Friends to provide that same level of service and care and compassion and resource is still there, even though it's done virtually. There's many things that Breast Friends is currently doing right now that meet that same need and fulfill that same void for women who are going through treatment. I am very thankful that I that I found them very early on. It was a result of me doing a very intentional post about my diagnosis and someone recommending to me, have you you considered breast friends and I nice. have, but my, 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 my perspective around that really was I need to equip myself with all levels of support and people who are not done with cancer because we're never, ever done with cancer, but who are farther down the road. And I recognize this organization was filled with women who were farther down the road than I was, who could light the way for me. I love that. And I know you participated in quite a few of our programs, but one of my favorites that we do is the Bald is Beautiful program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yes. I I had Bald is Beautiful programs scheduled before COVID hit, and it was a little bit of concern when COVID first arrived, whether or not that would still be able to be fulfilled. I asked breast friends, I said, well, if your photographer would be amenable and you as an organization are amenable, I would too. Could we take some pictures on my front porch? And um, I had my front porch photos taken about a year ago, and I'm very grateful that that moment in time was captured for me to reflect upon in years to come. 
I love that. And I'm going to jump over to uh, Yvonne real quick. I could see she's itching to, itching to jump no, in. No, I, I promised <laughs> I wasn't going to jump in on this, but I have to say two things. Number one, I have been with Leslie since the first moment that she came into the Breast Friends community. And I have to say that uh, one of my greatest joys as uh, a counselor and a sister on this journey has been meeting women like her. Uh, I've watched her grown. I've watched her emerge. I've watched her find her center. And all of this with such grace. Uh, I've seen her struggle with patience because, as she said, that was something she was not used to having to manage in her life. But um, I think that's one of the joys of finding an organization as you go through this is uh, she became a part of something more than just being a cancer patient. She became a part of our community. She became a, it became a part of our sisterhood. And, you know, I know just in listening to her right now, I, I feel a sense of pride mm-hmm. that she is emerging, as I say, from this time in her life with the tools she needs um, because she found us. So, um, Leslie, you, you make my heart very happy. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. That's fabulous. And Leslie, we are going to take a break here. And I know I, I have, we have a few more questions that I want to go over with you. So if you could stay with us for a few more minutes, that would be fabulous. Great. Great. Thank you. We are going to take a quick break at Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. And uh, please stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. My name is Michelle Beck, and I'm here with our guest today, Leslie Rominski, and we're talking about cancer in the time of COVID. So, Leslie, what was the hardest thing when your doctor told you that you were done with treatment and you can move forward, but COVID was still on your way? First of all, like every woman who hears you're done and you transition out of active treatment, you immediately burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) That was no different because, as I said, I had lost my job, so I had shifted my mindset that I was 100% cancer patient. I was going to just embrace my cancer treatment throughout the pandemic and focus on that, and then once that was done, I was going to begin resuming looking for work and moving forward. So from that perspective, when I heard that I was done but COVID was still in the way, that was a lot of all of those follow-up, those survivorship visits. Can I Mm -hmm. out with my family? Can I go to the gym? Gosh, can I get a pedicure? Can I go to the mall? So a lot of those questions that I would have nor- that would normally be focused around your survivorship around cancer really remained focused around what can I do as someone with a recovering immune system do and where can I go and what precautions can I take with COVID? So really, I felt like my emerging or re-entry back into, into life was very slow. It was staggered. Um, Even though I'm fully vaccinated right now, my significant other, Ryan, is not. And so there are certain things that my oncologist, until he is fully fully vaccinated, would like me to continue to be really precautious with. Mm -hmm. So for me... When, you, when your doctor hears, says that you're done, it, what's now? What's it? It's really that time where you, you have to emotionally unpack everything that you've been going through while you didn't have time during active treatment to explore. I love that. And I know you're very busy with your job, but I think you should also be a therapist on the side <laughs> because you have such a positive attitude and, and really made the best out of an awful situation. So as we're going to, I'm going to wrap up here with you, but what do you have any kind of message or final words to women out there who are going through cancer right now? And a lot of these things that are things that were told to me, but I didn't necessarily process or I didn't necessarily absorb or adopt right away. So commit yourself to your treatment plan and your care. Surround yourself with people and resources who will support you like breast friends. Find out what you don't know that you need to know that you don't know that you know. (laughs) Take each step or phase of treatment one at a time. If you're having surgery first, focus on surgery. Don't think about chemo. Don't think about radiation. Don't think about hormone therapy. Take it one section and bracket at a time. Um, I tried to work at the same level and capacity as my pre-cancer self. And that really wasn't possible. And I had to learn that the hard way. So I'm going to recommend that people allow yourself to, to feel all the feels, to pace yourself, to listen to your body, to be messy in your thinking and processing, to journal, to go to those online support groups. And and lastly, find organizations and find people who are farther down the road on their journey that you can just talk things through with. Exactly. Because finding someone who's been there and who gets it can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. So Leslie, thank you so much for being here today. It's been fabulous. And I hope our listeners have really paid attention because she had some really great advice to all of you out there, who, especially those who are going through cancer. So Leslie, thank you again. Thank you. So I'm going to jump back over to Yvonne. <laughs> and we are going to talk about communication because... It is a challenging thing 
at any time, but it's gotten even worse during social distancing. So how, what's a, let's talk about that with how we communicate when we're, when we're so far apart. Well, and, you know, I'm going to back up just a tiny bit because in response to some of the things that Leslie was saying, um, you know, there, there is a, there's a learning curve to going through a diagnosis. And mm-hmm. there were many conversations that Leslie and I had where um, sometimes we take steps forward and then we have moments where we sort of slide backwards a bit. And um, I think as people are coming out, as she said, of that time period, um, giving, a, giving ourselves that grace, that ability to say, it's okay if you aren't quite up to that expectation bar. Uh, I teach a class called Life ABC, Life After Breast Cancer, and one of the first things we always talk about is the fact that um, the expectation bars that we set for ourselves can be extremely overbearing when you're coming away from both cancer and COVID. And one of the other things that we have um, significant conversations about is the art of communication. And the first thing I like to teach uh, women is that communication is really um, clarity. Mm -hmm. Because the problem you have as a cancer patient is, and especially during COVID, When people aren't around you, they haven't seen you, they don't know what you've been through. And as Leslie kind of touched on, um, there's almost a sense of out of sight, out of mind. So the outside world, as they've dealt with their own issues during this last year, even though they may have um, checked in, you know, once a month, seeing how you're doing and all of that, there really hasn't been as much of a connection to friends and family, to coworkers. So as they come out of COVID and cancer, that's a time when you have to be able to talk with clarity about who you are, what you need, and where you're going. Exactly, because no one can guess. Even the people that are closest to you in your life, they have no idea. So you have to be able to tell them. In any good relationship, communication is so important. And especially when you're going through cancer treatment, you have to be able to say, I need this, or I don't like this, or please help me with this. Right, right. Because people can't guess. And then that leads to a whole different thing where you get annoyed because they're not doing something for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're not clear, they're never going to know. And how do you, like we were talking earlier with Leslie, there are some people who show up and really want to be there. And there are some people that don't. And how do you choose to share what with? Well, and and I'm glad you asked that because I've kind of, in my own mind, have separated the people around us into three categories. There are the people who are are really on that outside perimeter that that honestly you know casually, and there's no reason for them to necessarily ask or have any information from you. It's almost like they're in that outer circle, that outer space. Mm -hmm. Um, They're the people that you maybe haven't seen in a year. And when you see them, do you really need to talk a whole lot about cancer? Probably not. It's okay. But then you also have the people on the other side of the spectrum, which are the people who have maybe not shown up that haven't necessarily been the people that have been in your corner. Uh, And there's that feeling of when they ask you, how are you? Uh, 
they don't necessarily really want to know they're the down and dirty. Polite. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're checking the box and saying, "Okay, I feel better about myself because I asked how you are." And in your own mind, you have to decide: Do I want to open the door of how I feel to that person? Or do I want to just give them what they need and keep that sacred space for someone who really cares? So Mm -hmm. taking that pressure off of yourself of not feeling that you have to, you know, when someone says you're how are you? And you say you're fine. That's just theater for them. That's just making them feel better and you're good. Mm -hmm. But then you have your people. And I say people because we oftentimes need more than one in different category. Maybe you have one member of the family. You have one person at work. You have one close friend who understand with, again, with clarity. Again, you have explained to them I have a hard time remembering what day it is, let alone how to do a four-part presentation at work. So I need someone here who understands that this is hard for me so I don't have to pretend with everyone. So having clarity with that group that's that center group is what's going to give you the people you need to know you have people that are going to listen and hear what you have to say. I love that. That's fabulous. Thank you for sharing. Because a word that's thrown around, or two words that are thrown around so much is self-care lately. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, one of the big taglines that is really popular, but it is super important. And knowing whether to bear your heart to someone or yeah. everything that's going on is is really important because if you bear your heart and they don't want it, mm-hmm. that is just emotionally crushing. Oh, so it yeah. is good. And sometimes you just have to say fine because you can't get into it. And yeah. And, and as Leslie mentioned, there are people out there who don't understand that, that are not good with cancer. Mm-hmm. And I tell my women all the time, there is not a fault if someone says, I'm not good at this. And there's an understanding there that this isn't a space that you're going to have that connection with. That doesn't make them a bad person and that doesn't make that a bad situation. It is understanding that I had one of my friends who's a very dear friend. I never saw her the entire time I went through treatment, but she sent me cards once a week. Mm -hmm. And so that was her love language. And instead of being resentful of what she didn't do, after settling my, you know, down, I said, (laughs) you know what, this is her way of saying I'm here to support you. So sometimes we have to give people grace and understanding and we have to be aware of what they're telling us by their body language, by what they're doing and how they're showing up and look for the people who are those people in the center. I love that. That's fabulous. One thing I think that's also super important with the communication is, as I mentioned before, self-care. I'm going to jump back to that because there's some things that I've really figured out in this time. And even though I'm not in active treatment, I'm, I still consider myself a cancer patient. Um, I've moved forward, but it's still really changed my life entirely. And going through, going through COVID right now, there's some things that really have resonated with me mm-hmm. to help get through each day. Yeah. Um, one of them is gosh, when I feel worried, which is probably 99% of the time, um, I really try to just stop and breathe because our brains and our bodies are going a million miles an hour. 
But if you just take the time to stop and breathe, whether it's getting off the couch or standing up and really being thoughtful about your body and taking deep breaths and just say, I'm letting it go. Mm-hmm. While you're doing the deep breathing, that is really cleansing. Another thing which I really like to do, which which sounds a little silly, but I think it's great. When you wash your face, a lot of us at night, for those of us who actually take the time to do it most times, um, don't just make it or a, a habit. Like really kind of give yourself a little mini facial at night because there's a lot going on in the world. We've got cancer, we've got COVID, we've got so many other things. But for those five minutes, take the time and give yourself a little massage and you will feel so much better. Use pressure points of your eyebrows and different parts of your face and just really take the time and give yourself that care. And it seems so silly, but it can make all the difference in the world and just help you relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing, which is my favorite thing, um, when you feel like you really need a hug, I found I found this in a, a book somewhere, but literally settle into a seat, wrap yourself in a cozy blanket and nest with pillows and settle back and really let the blanket and the pillows give yourself a hug. And you'll, it, you really will feel better. It's amazing. And we, we all get lonely during this time and we feel a little isolated and we need human contact. But right now we're going to make, make do with what we can. And, you know, those techniques are some things that really help me. Um, well, gosh, it's almost time to wrap up here, unfortunately. But I know Yvonne wants to talk a little bit more about some other things about listening to our bodies and giving them what they need. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. And I love all of your tips because they're things that, you know, we we look around us and we don't remember that we have the capacity to change our own, uh, a bit, our, our own center can be affected by what we do for ourselves. And something that uh, both you and I have learned through the myofascial release is the idea that you have to give yourself permission to heal. Listening to our bodies is something that we all have to do. And especially going through cancer with COVID, do not set the expectation bars too high. Make sure that you are communicating clearly with the people that you love and know that um, even though this is a really challenging and difficult time, um, speaking as someone who's on the other side of the fence, there are incredible, joyful things ahead of you. And you will take from this experience, whether it's COVID or cancer, a sense of what's important, what's valuable. Um, you are going to have this amazing uh idea of how powerful you are, that things in the future that happen, you're going to say, I've had cancer during COVID. I can handle anything. I can handle it all. Exactly. I love that. That's really some great tips and tools. And unfortunately, we need to wrap it up. So we've time just flies when you're having fun. (laughs) So I really want to thank Yvonne and Leslie for being with us today. Socially distant, of course. Uh, I'm going to be so excited. We can all record together in the same place. But thank you again, all of you listeners. And if you are a loved one or in need of our services, please visit us at breastfriends.org for more information. And if you'd like to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that women don't go through cancer alone, you can make a donation on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444. Our show is available across many platforms. Search Breast Friends Cancer Support Network on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel 
or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest with me on the show, I would love that. Please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.